lockdown period affect the future development of top Wales rugby players? Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Chance this week to talk in depth with Gareth Williams, head coach of Wales under-20s and also transitional players in their early 20s. Rugby Under-20 Championship, which was due to be held in Northern Italy, has been cancelled this summer, so that means a very different development profile for many of the best young players in Wales. A chance to hear much more about that process and thinking. Guys, welcome. Obviously, you would have expected to be having a very different period at the moment. You'd have been preparing for the uh, Under-20s World Championship and so on. It's strange times for everything. How, how are you finding it? Yeah, good, thanks. It's, uh, like you say, a very unique period from that point of view. It totally changed what our preparation phase was looking like. You know, at the moment, I'd, I'd be flying out to watch some under-18s games in the in in that Six Nations uh, period, um, keeping an eye on what's coming the following year from a 20s point of view, and then also moving into then that uh, intensive preparation phase for the Junior World Cup. But yeah, quite unique circumstances the world finds itself in at the moment, and you know the most important thing is that everybody's uh, healthy. It's um, getting accustomed with the restrictions that we're under from a from a government point of view, and, and making sure we can do what we can with regards to this virus situation. So um, something that we've adapted to, and something that it can't be helped. And you're over in in West Wales. How is social isolation working there? There's plenty of space to socially isolate in. Yeah, we're quite lucky with the on the farm here. They, you know, there's plenty of space for the kids to run around in and uh, and burn the energy that they've got. So marrying that up with the uh, homeschooling is uh, yeah, it's quite good. And the you know the weather's decent at the moment. And just in terms of that development of those those players at under twenties level, obviously having the chance to go to an under twenties world championship is a a crucial stage of that development. Yeah. So post the Six Nations, we've. Obviously, kept in touch with boys and you know being able to communicate uh, feedback off the back of that campaign and things. Uh, the boys moved back in with their regions, who we work closely on uh, with regards to the boys' development. But some have taken up the option of having regular catch-ups. Some get quite bored at home, and they've um, asked for some you know advice on setting some drills up and things. So we're doing that on an individual basis, as and when the players need. Coming off the back of the Six Nations, a lot of boys have gone into an off-season. So once they were back from the Junior World Cup, they could factor back into their senior regional environments um, as effectively as possible. Because the challenge we had this season was the World Cup moving to July, which is a month later and eats into the senior regional uh, pre-season programmes. We alleviated that, some off-seasons off the back of the Six Nations. So the boys have been through that and the regions are leading on their, you know, the physical work that they can do under these uh, unique circumstances now. And they are obviously unique circumstances and everybody accepts that. But for these players, I think going through a Junior World Championship is a crucial part of their development. It's where they get to face the best players of their age group and where they experience that feeling that they probably won't get again until a very senior level of, of rugby. So... How much of a gap is that going to leave for this particular group of players? The Junior World Cup's a massive part of finishing off, really, that um, national age grade development uh, pathway. Over the years, and you know, coaches before myself have had debates over the years about certain individuals who may be looked at being taken out of a Junior World Cup to do a full pre-season with a senior regional environment. And 
you know, we've always had that conversation around how important a playing block that Junior World Cup is for the, uh, for that individual. And common sense has prevailed, and you know we've seen that happen for individuals. But this year now, is the, that opportunity has been taken away for you know pure circumstances that are out of, out of everybody's control. So all we can focus on is doing the best for that player. Now, if I use Jack Morgan for instance, if I use Morgan Strong as an example, and there'd be a number of others within uh, within this year's squad. Yes, they'll miss out on that opportunity to play in the Junior World Cup and against opposition like New Zealand, Georgia, Australia in the group stages. Uh, but they are going to have a full pre-season with a senior regional side, given how that looks under government restrictions at this moment. But uh, So it is a case of we've got to make the best of what this situation is because it's, been, it's totally unavoidable and it's making sure that we can factor in what the boys may have missed out. We won't be able to replace those games. But we can challenge their training and challenge the uh, uh, the coaching of them in the next six months to uh, to try and alleviate that. Because in the end, I suppose coming through the Six Nations, you'll feel it was a strange Six Nations, wasn't it? You you beat the two on paper the strongest sides, didn't win the the other games. There were players who undoubtedly shone. There there were plenty of players ready to go on and take that that next step. I suppose you always look in development on you know the collective as a team and. You know, I think we spoke about that quite regularly throughout the Six Nations, and you know, it was well documented the first two games. How, um, uh, from a results point of view, and the boys were superb in in turning those around for the French and English game. The um, Scottish game was quite an anomaly. I was, I spoke in the build up to it how impressed we were with Scotland throughout the campaign, and they'd responded really well to being relegated from the Junior World Cup last year, and their team this year was excellent. I felt they deserved results against both England and France themselves and uh, they really proved that in our game um, in that last match, especially the way they accelerated the, the score in that last 30 minutes. So it was a very much a mixed bag from a team point of view and that consistency element is something we've we've really got to consider moving into next year's campaign. But even within that, we look at it as a collective and the team and the results, but there are individuals in there who have made a lot of progress um, and show a lot of promise on an individual basis who now can factor into you know, the regional game in Wales and, and hopefully kick on from those gains that they would have made. Well, I'd just like to broaden it. You've been in the role now sort of coming up to two years. We're beginning to see some players coming through. And that crucial change in your role to give responsibility for 20 to 23-year-olds and their development into the game, I think that's such an important area. It's almost, I think, the key... To developing players is that 20 to 23 year old period which can be a bit of a gap in some places how do you feel that's going now you've had a reasonable period of time to settle in yeah that's my interest really when we gather players together in the 20 squad yes we've got the campaigns the six nations the junior world cup but my interest is where those players are when they you know when they get to 23 24 years old and there are players at different stages of their journey then in uh in general terms. So it does vary on an individual basis and it also varies on policies within regions, depth of squads within different regions. Uh, so once they move through from these 20s, that you know, it is being adaptable in the type of support you can give an individual player, but also working with the relevant regions. You know, that's a part of the job I really enjoy. Working with the regional setups, the academies, the you know, the regional head coaches and their coaching teams to try and support them all really in 
getting these boys through. And sometimes it's helping a player understand why they need to be patient, why things aren't moving or progressing as quickly as as what they want. And sometimes it's discussing with regional coaching teams on the strengths and the attributes of a player that maybe aren't getting across. So it's 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 very much a varied role from that point of view, but one that you know I really enjoy and and hopefully you can really accelerate through now over the next few years. Have you felt there's been a bit of a change of approach uh, in your relationship with the regions now that you've been in this role? No, I feel it's a continuation, really. I worked very closely with them when I was the uh, SEMS head coach. Obviously, back in 2014, the way the SEMS structure developed under the regional services agreement depended a lot on working with regions on players they put into the programme in order to develop them and to accelerate their development. So it's kind of a continuation on that without that SEMS angle on it, where it was very much focused on the SEMS squad from 2014 through to 2018 as head coach of the, of the SEMS squad. Now it's kind of just evolved into a wider role on players who come into the 20s and move out to the 20s into those senior environments. And it's always a difficult balancing act for the regions. Of course, they want to develop players as well, but they've also got to try and win games each weekend. Is the progress being made in terms of trying to get those sort of twin targets? Definitely. You know, there's a you know there's a real good balance within well the dealings that I have uh, with the regional head coaches. I find the balance is uh, is very good. There is that ambition and and that strategy around when to include players, when to introduce players, how long to keep them involved, how heavy to manage their load, for example, along with the pressures of competitive rugby. And that's that's a lot of the work with the players as well on an individual basis, are those conversations around the players need to give those coaches the confidence that they can depend on them in, in those games. Yes, error will happen. That's natural in development and that's natural in young players uh, progressing. But it's accelerating then that building that trust from the coach in, in what they can do. Um, we see some players like to Tame Basham, of course, came through to the senior Wales squad at, at a pretty young age. But some are going to be slightly slow burners. Once someone like Tame Basham comes through, can you relax about him? Because his progress seems fairly clear. But you're looking at someone else who's reaching 22, 23, maybe without the same exposure. But... By the time they're 27, 28, they too may be senior international players. Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, they, everybody's on different stages of their path, different stages of their journey. And, you know, Tain's been training in with the national squad. You know, Wayne Pivak and his coaching team, they've got a fantastic interest in the age grade um, level. And we have regular discussions about the players who are uh, coming through. Wayne watches the matches and he'll have questions about certain individuals who may... Uh, stand out uh, from his point of view so that conversation and that uh, dialogue is is regular and uh, and dynamic you know Tain for instance he's at that stage where he's in training with the national squad now what we want to get now is we want him starting internationals as soon as possible that's the where he is on his pathway and a lot of that work you know he's playing regular for the dragons so it's quite a natural progression for him and uh, you know Dean Ryan's focus on his development within the Dragons is superb. So, you know, he's in a very positive position to be able to, you know, move his game forward and do that. So, you know, it's that kind of support then um, uh, for Tain, uh, for the Dragons or whatever they feel is needed in, in support of that. 
And are there some of those other players who, who haven't made the breakthrough yet at regional level that, that are still maybe playing at premiership, still ready to develop physically that you know, we're looking at who you, you think will make that breakthrough over the next year or two? Yeah, I'm, um, even um, when you look at, say, an under-20s campaign as a collective, there's always individual stories within there and they're all at those different different pathways. They all face different challenges across whatever level that they're playing at and you know that can be in getting regular game time at premiership level. That can be in a certain technical aspect of their game. So it's really giving them that support in order to step over those hurdles. As you say, you've been involved in the WIU High Performance now for, for quite a, a while in these different roles. But I just wonder how much your own background through the age grades, through the sevens, through some regional experiences, that give you a really good insight as to what these players are going through? What it's given me is a lot of contact time with young developing players. I've worked with players who you know, move through and become British Lions, become regular in internationals and, and players who you know, are very good regional squad members who play a big part in those regional squads. So varied appreciation really of where players are in their, in their journey, where players are at different stages of their careers, and where players are at from 18 to, say, 24, where they're progressing towards. So that's really what I've uh, kind of harvested, really, in that, in that time I've spent working across the different uh, pathways. And I suppose you're already seeing some players beginning to come through, but particularly over the next three, four to five years, will you? is that when we'll see the benefits of this joined up role from effectively 18 through to 23 we'll see that being able to show itself on the field at the principality stadium and in other international grounds yeah that's very much the aim you know and it's always um it's everybody's ambition in 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 wales you know you work across um, the four regions playing at pro 14 and european level you know there is that ambition to to have homegrown players and and to push them through and to take them to as high a level as uh, as possible so you know when that comes to fruition and uh, you see that on the pitch of the principality uh, you know we're only a small nation we're only a small population and seeing that and being able to take that challenge to the world with players that we've developed from within is will be a, a, a huge uh, thing for the game and just to finish off with really gareth we're going through this difficult period you're confident that won't be too much of a blip in the development of this group of players and what we can see in terms of people wearing Wales jerseys in, in those few years to come? No, that comes down to the mindset of, of us as a group, of us as a, as a WIU and, and within the regions that you know, we talk about this period as a blip, as losing opportunities for young development, development players. But it's our challenge then as coaches and as administrators uh, throughout the game to make sure that we, we can accelerate that development despite this blip. Uh, there's nothing we can do about it. It's a unique period for the world itself, not just rugby. Uh, an exciting as aspect of it when uh, the government restrictions are lifted and we can get back into a full flow of training and preparation for competition. Gareth, fascinating stuff. Really interesting to hear about the development of all these players. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you. So this was a great opportunity to find out more about the development of the Wales stars of the future. Keep listening next week to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast for another phase of Welsh Rugby News. Until then, goodbye and stay safe.